Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of Oklahoma Life. I am Brandon Hines and today I've got an awesome friend of mine. Uh, introduce yourself, sir. My name is Vaughn Black. And uh, Vaughn and I have known each other about three and a half years now. Um, we met over in the uh, Arkansas area. Um, so let's start with a little about you, dude. What do you, uh, so you're an x-ray tech, right? Um, yeah. Which other things. Yeah. So let's talk about that for a second, because I know you and I have talked about it a little bit, because um, it is a little bit different, um, you know, because you you kind of just wait for people to break themselves and come in, right? Like, what what is your job, man? Um, I, I don't have to wait. I do everything else in the office, too. Okay, right. <laughs> Rather so, than, yeah. Uh, yeah. Fair enough. Yeah, there would be a waste of everybody's time for me to just sit there. That's the job I need. But uh, do lab tech also, okay. and lots of, I guess, medical assistant. Okay. So anytime well, the patients come in, I check them in. Gotcha. So you do a little bit of everything then, yeah? I do a little bit of everything. Do you do, uh, like, blood draws or anything? Or? Yeah. Do you? Mm -hmm. Nice. Blood draws, vaccinations, shots. Okay. And so you're the guy that makes people cry. Yeah. <laughs> Especially the kids. Really? How often, uh, I mean, like, realistically, like, when you do uh, blood draws and things, like, my dad had this issue recently um, where the girl went straight through the vein, um, and it caused all kinds of swelling and nasty and blah, blah, blah. How often do you actually have those style issues? Not you specifically, but how often do people actually have those? Because, like, you know, great example, I work in the restaurant industry. Let's say I serve a 1,000 people a day, and one person has a bad experience. You know, it's a one in a 1,000, but everybody fucking hears about that one thing. Like, how how often does that kind of stuff actually happen? I would think it's unfortunately a little bit more Well, yeah, because you guys hopefully don't serve a thousand people. I see it more often in patients that come back that have had to be in the hospital. Okay. Um, when you mean like uh, they were admitted? And... Yeah, they were admitted, and they're there, you know, for a day or two. Um, and, you know, the nurses have to... You know, they they don't have a choice. They've got to get some blood, or they have to mm -hmm. they have to put a line in, and the line's got to stay in for a yeah. long time. Yeah. Um, and usually when you go to the hospital, you're not in the best shape, so you're sure. dehydrated. Right. You yeah. can't find the veins anyway. Yeah. When, so it's when just you're like pokey, that. pokey, so pokey, pokey. Where is it? It's unfortunate, but yeah, it's more like a, you really have to hunt for it at that point. Right. Makes sense. So um, now people kind of got a little background on you. Let's talk literally what we we're just talking about, gaming, man. Um, so me and a couple buddies were actually talking about doing like a D and D style podcast. You know, I don't, I haven't talked about my hobbies super deep yet. My, my hobbies, my hobbies. Uh, the wife and I, uh, had an episode where we talked a little bit about, you know, my hobbies and it ended up being me ranting about work because I think work is my main hobby. Um, you know, it's kind of the entire thing when you work a restaurant, but, uh, you know, D and D had been a past mind, pastime of mine for quite some time. Um, so how long have you been playing? You've been playing longer than me, I think. I started, I bought the red box when I was nine years old. But you're not old enough to have that when it launched, though. No. Right? Because, like, it launched, the red box was, like, 74, something like that. I think maybe, well, no, I the, think. The game launched about 74. Yeah, I think the so, red box was, like, 81, maybe. Yeah. So that would have put me up yeah. at about. 80, yeah, that would have been 81. No shit. So then you might have gotten the, uh, not the first relief, but it's basically the major release. Mm -hmm. The major yeah. the major release. I yeah. was nine years old, and I remember it saying specifically on the box for 12 and older. And you're like... <laughs> and I was like, I was like I, I'm going to do it anyway. Yeah, right? I, I think I had some money from a birthday gift card or something sure, like that. Sure, sure. And it was just like, this is it. I'm going in. Where did you uh, where did you end up buying it at? Because I know like Target and places like that didn't really you know exist was, as in the same plane as it does now. Yeah, back in the day, it was it was the record stores. Okay. Yeah. Uh, they had record stores and bookstores, and it was like what's a record? No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> and so it was uh, kind of like the old Walden books or something mm -hmm. like that. Yeah. And they would have a whole section just on games. Games. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I'm pretty sure it was a, it was it was like a bookstore. I can remember the exact store in the mall. 
Oh, yeah. Is it in the uh, Woodland Hills or which kind of thing? Or uh, was it in Arkansas? Arkansas. Frisco Mall. There Frisco, when it was uh, actually a good it mall. It was actually the only mall. Yeah. 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 And then, ironically, 20 years later, uh, a- an actual game store moved in that same location. Oh, right? Yeah. Okay. So, you know, that, you know, that hobby of mine, I didn't start as early as that. Um, you know, I, I played, I dabbled, I will say. I wouldn't say played. I wasn't... Um, a guy that actually, you know, constantly got to play when I was in high school or anything like that. I didn't start way back in the day like that. I think my first real, um, my first like deep encounter wasn't until maybe 2010, 2012, something like that is whenever I really got into it a little bit. Um, by like 2000, we'll say 14, give take. Um, I wrote a full-out Harry Potter RPG setup that, when I say I've, I've put it all out, I mean, dude, I went deep. Like, it's got, like, 500 spells. Like, I went fucking deep in that thing. Um, you know, and it's it's really fun. And then, you know, I really... I played a little bit of 3.5. Um, 4th edition, I didn't play at all. You know, I didn't I play 2nd edition. Um, I've, I've played with 1st a little bit, but it wasn't, you know, in like a, oh, we're going to do this full-time. It was more of a, oh, here's that game that where it started kind of thing. Um, so I wouldn't say I'm proficient in it. Like, I know about it. I understand how Thacko works, stuff like that. But I was never proficient in it by any means. 5th um, edition is really where mine took off. Oh, yeah. So you, you've got a different perspective than I do because, you know, 1st edition all the way through to now... Um, has a lot of similarities, um, but at the same time, it's basically two different games. You know, I mean, it's still tabletop role-playing. I mean, it's yeah. it's almost the equivalent of, like, you know, wargaming um, versus, you know, like, just turn-based tactical gaming. You know, it's still generally the same idea, but, you know, it's all just open scenario, however you want to play, right? Yeah. Yeah, it's uh, it's definitely evolved, and it as as a role playing game, it's gotten much better. Yeah, it's I agree with that. Um, it's gotten less mechanic heavy and, oh, yeah. and focused way more on just the experiences. Definitely, um, and you you still have the the type of players that want to min max and just sure. like just like doing the math and seeing, you know, what's gonna. Isn't that what honestly though, like three five was really good for? Like, yeah. I always tell people it in was. in my experience, this is the difference between three five and, and five, um, or you just call it three third edition. Three five is basically uh, whatever the hell it's called. Pathfinder um, is that like five e is is hundred percent DM focused, right? Like DM has all of the options and basically all of the power to do whatever. Right, you'll you'll find all kinds of spells that'll be all like you know up to the dungeon master. You'll find all kinds of abilities that like up to the dungeon master, whatever. Whereas like third edition in in Pathfinder, um, were really really heavy on like exact everything, and like the players had a billion options. Mm-hmm. Right, so if you wanted to min max and do whatever, you could literally do whatever you wanted in, in third edition. Like you had. Yep. A million options of things, you know. You could, um, and I think that's the big difference: is that people who really, really like players in control love third edition, or people who like the DM in control really yeah. like fifth edition. I I agree with that, and there there's you know, infinite variety of player types out there. Yeah, for sure. Um, just as same thing when it goes to um, DMs, but uh, it's. Somebody once told me kind of uh, like they didn't like they didn't understand baseball until they realized it was it was very statistic heavy. Oh, yeah, and for then, sure. And then once you understood that, it's like, oh, then I can finally enjoy baseball. Right. Three third edition was very much like that. You know, that makes if, sense. If you like the statistics, mm-hmm. um, that's the game for you. Right. If you like just the storytelling. Right. Sitting down and just going at it yeah that's fifth edition yeah i i think that makes sense so i will say the amount of um i don't want to say like popularity because it's always been a popular game but lately it's just starting to go nuts 
like it's hitting mainstream like never before. Like I don't think it was ever this mainstream before. You know, um, you've got celebrities getting into it, all that kind of stuff. Um, where do you think it goes from here, man? Do you think they just keep running fifth edition until it, you know, people finally get tired of it in five, ten years? Because I mean, if you think about it, seventies is fifty years ago, or forty-seven or years, forty-eight years, I think, is what has been running in reality. Um, you know, they they basically done one per ten years. You know, and I think this came out in two thousand. 12, mm -hmm. give take. I think so. When they called it 5e Next or whatever they called it, 5th edition Next or whatever. Uh, Dungeon Dragons Next is what they called it. Um, so, I mean, they've got a few more years if they're maintaining that 10 year plan, but I think now where it's hitting its stride, they might extend it out more. Um, I don't know what they would do with the 6th edition, though. You know, like you can't really simplify it and you can't really complicate it more. Right. Well, <clears throat> you can always complicate it more. Um, I liked when when fifth edition launched. I really liked that there was a lot of play testers. Oh yeah, yeah. They put it out to and, everywhere, and they got all the feedback, very appropriate feedback. And they're like, "This is not working. Get rid of this. These work. Keep them." You know, right? Um, and I don't think you really can simplify it any any better than it is they have they made a they consciously made a focus on making it ex an accessible game again absolutely i think they killed and that they, one they nailed it on the head um and i don't think they ever want to get away from that because look at what it's done it has oh, yeah. exploded yeah it was what they did was wildly successful mm -hmm. what what they are doing is they're Bringing back some of the other, mm -hmm. yeah, the, worlds. the past lore and um, archetypes and yeah, entire settings and yeah. So it, Eberron is recent, right? Um, yeah, the that was, but in, they're supposed to be coming out with a um, actual like campaign campaign book. They came out with like the supplement for Eberron, but they didn't come out yeah. with like you know the actual like world setting kind of thing. Yeah, like I I know. Um, I don't think I, I played it with you guys, but have you looked through the uh, Ravnica one, the um, Guildmaster's Guide to Ravnica? I have not, but I'm familiar with it because I do play a little Magic. Do you? I used to play a lot of Magic. Um, I was playing online for a while, too. Um, the Ravnica, I will say, hands down, has got to be my favorite DM book that came out. Hmm. Um, it's ridiculous. I mean, it sets up, you have 10 or 12 different, uh, you have 10 different guilds, um, but then each one of them has like 10 or 12 different scenarios that you can run through for each one. But it's very open-ended. Like, you know, these could be your contacts, these could be your people, you know. Um, and it, it just, it lays out a really, really good um, foundation for everything in a very, very simplistic way where it's not like, you know, you're tied into X, Y, and Z. It's like, here's the alphabet. Here's what A and C do. Here's what B and D do. Here's what D and Ds do. Whatever. And they lay everything out, um, but then they kind of open it up. You know, so they even tell you, like, how these, you know, this clan views these other clans and how these guys like these guys and what yep. races you're going to find in each one of those, what classes you're probably going to find in each one of those. Um, you know, what, you that, know, not, it's so good. Not reading the book, it sounds strangely familiar. That sounds a lot like Planescape. Kind of, yeah, yeah. When and which was absolutely my favorite setting. Yeah, in D and T. Yeah, for sure. So much fun, right? In, in Planescape, I um, think they're gonna go Spelljammer pretty soon too, uh -huh. because they they teased it in the Dungeon of the Mad Mage, um, where they uh, had the crashed ship in in one of the levels. Yeah. I don't know if you saw that or not. Uh, I did see that they have brought a couple of the races mm -hmm. um, forward that were only found in Spelljammer. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I wouldn't be surprised. And now that, you know, like they're bringing Eberron in, so it, it, I wouldn't be surprised at all. Yeah. And I think that's the, the beauty of the, the system right now is that the system is simplistic enough. It's easily transferable. Like I haven't looked at it yet, but there is a, um, Lord of the Rings supplement for 5e. Have you seen that? Mm -mm. Oh, it's, it's a thick book. It's like 300 plus pages of fifth edition Lord of the Ring game. Like, it has all of your Hobbit and all of your every class, every race that's in Is there. Is it a third-party publisher? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, it's, it's nationally published, so it's actually pretty solid. Yeah. But um, it's it's interesting, man. 
you know, I, I really thought about getting it, but it's it's up in the like fifty, sixty dollar range. And I'm like, I don't do that. You know, not for a third party. Like, I don't know. You know, and I think that's one thing that would. I I think the only thing that would make it grow a little bit faster um, is giving a little bit more access to digital content once you actually physically purchase the book. Um, yeah. You know, because like D and D Beyond is awesome. You know, we're using it in the other campaign I run, which. I say I run. I haven't got to play it in like a month. Um, but, you know, when you have the access to every book in there, whatever, it's cool. But that was like $400 for my buddy to get that. And it's mm-hmm. like, holy shit, man. You know, yeah. and that's on top of the, I can't tell you how much money I've spent on books and everything Just else. Just the hard books, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So it's like, well, there should be a way for me to get access to the, the digital content if I've already purchased the book, right. you know? I I agree. They're not going to argue with that point. Um. Yeah, so it's and interesting. There's, there, there's there's not really updates to rules. I mean, well, they have the errata be, or whatever they would call it. Yeah, um, there might be a stronger argument for digital uh, access if there were much more common errata updates. But sure. they don't need the errata updates. So right, as much. Yeah, yeah. So it's definitely interesting, um, but. You know, I, th- I think that's one of those things that um, I think D&D is going to last for, for a while. I don't think it's going to die out as quickly because it's it's still growing. Um, I think it's it's starting to slow down on, on the explosion side of it, but I think it's still rapidly, you know, growing in player base, which is awesome. Um, and, and the other game that's really interesting is, you know, you're talking about 40K. Um, for the layman, how do you describe 40K? Because, like, for me... I've only played it a handful of times. Like I'm not anywhere near proficient. Like I had the dumbed down version where my buddy's like, okay, here's your stuff. Here's the cards that go with it. Like I didn't own any of the books. I didn't own an army. Um, and you can do whatever this says. You can move this much in inches and then you can do X, Y, and Z. And I'm like, okay, cool. But like, how do you describe that to somebody who's going to try to get into it? Cause it's like, yeah, let's, let's just say it's 300 bucks for the base army. You're going to pay a thousand dollars once you kind of get the army fleshed out properly. Um, holy shit. That's accurate. <laughs> <laughs> right, it's not inaccurate for damn sure. Uh, so I would, it's, uh, and I find myself describing it all the time, so. Okay. Um, it's, I call it a tabletop game. I don't know sure. if a lot of people understand what that is. Basically, you need a Table. large tabletop. <laughs> and this, it's, this, it's definitely not a coffee table game. The, yeah. No, no, it's the standard size is six foot by four foot i was gonna say i thought it was uh, four by eight but that makes sense as well six by four yeah uh, this like if you go to a tournament you're gonna look at six by fours yeah which is nuts um and then you're gonna need terrain on top of that so right basically it's it's 28 millimeter scale um so it, it's kind of like um roughly the same scale as uh Terrain, I mean, sorry, right. train buildings. Yeah, train models, yeah. Train model buildings. Yeah. Um, so you'll need buildings or forests. You need something to take up something space. Something to take up space, something yeah. to block line of sight. Something, sure. Something to hide behind. Um, and so you've got your army of miniatures. They're basically game pieces, little spacemen. Sure. Um, and your opponent's got the same point value. Right, right. You guys and agree on a starting value and, and different troops are worth different amounts. Exactly. And then different troops have different strengths and weaknesses. So. Right. Um, and it's 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 turn-based, so I go, you go, I go, you go. Right, and then it, it doesn't necessarily have dice, though, right? It's, oh, it's very dice-heavy. Okay, I was going to say, like, I remember using dice, but it's not in the same way of... Um, like the D and D setup, no, um, it, it's just it only uses, point damage basically. It only uses D sixes, right? But say like um, you have a unit of ten Space Marines. Mm-hmm. Um, they each get two shots. Sure, per they get two. X many actions, right? Yeah, they get X many actions. So, mm-hmm. uh, so that's. 20 shots so you would pick up 20 die yeah and roll it and out and roll all 20 yeah. of those and then anything that was three or better right is, is a success it's considered a success right yeah so it's it's very dice heavy 
Yeah, and I think what I mean by that is that you don't need to understand what a D20 is, a D12, a D10, a nope. D8. Right, they you only, know. only use six-headed eggs. Yeah, so I mean, you know, the the real tough part here is you, you watch somebody play it. It looks really complicated if you've never done it before, just like any other game. Like, if I'm trying to teach somebody Magic the Gathering for the first time, yeah, there's a lot of rules. Like, we're going to have to catch you up hard. You know, there's, I mean, every set has basically a new function or a new rule set, um, which is just, it's insane. Um, but, like, it's not really as complicated as it looks, though, because you basically have a rule book that tells you what each unit does. And then my understanding, at least, is that they still come with the cards for each unit set, right? Are they still printing cards? Um, or is that, like, a third-party thing? No, no, it's a... Every every faction has its own book. Right, right. And so every unit has the card basically in the book. Oh, okay. I didn't know it was in the book. Okay, that makes sense. So is it something you see as growing or do you think it's diminishing? Because, I mean, I haven't really paid as much attention to it lately. Um, it had a pretty big growth spurt, I'd say, like 15 years ago. Uh, maybe a little longer, I guess. Yeah, that's about um, right. Yeah. No, it's still growing. Yeah? Growing pretty good yeah the the tournament scenes have been exploding just as much as dungeons and dragons like really back in the day you know you uh you know you're lucky to get 20 30 people showing up for a tournament and nowadays you know you're gonna have couple hundred oh shit some of the major ones you know that's insane it's yeah because i mean definitely growing whenever we played it it was four hours three and a half hours something to do the one skirmish like it's not a short game this isn't something you just you know kind of walk through like um it takes let's just conservatively say three to five minutes per turn if you know what you're doing um if you don't know what you're doing let's just roughly double that six to ten minutes you know, so even though you're not doing a whole lot of um, board movement, you're not moving like in chess. You know, every piece moves, moves, move, 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 whatever. Um, you know, each piece is moving, and it may be three inches, six inches, whatever. But it, it still takes quite some time just to plan everything out. And once you get it all planned out, then actually executing all that stuff, and then rolling your dice, and then. Hey man, did I hit this guy? And da 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 da. And you know, blah, blah, blah. what's the line of sight? I don't know. Let me get a ruler out. Blah blah blah. blah. You know, yep. so there's so much stuff going on with it. You know. No, it's I. I'm playing the game tomorrow. I'm fully expecting it to last probably four hours. Yeah, yeah, it's about right. And but that's not including setup or takedown either. Right. Like that's um, Arkham Horror. I don't know if you ever played Arkham with me. I think we did. Um, Arkham is one of those games that God, it takes it takes twenty fucking minutes to set the game up. You know, and then once you get playing, you get it rolling, whatever, each turn takes a little bit of time, but then the set, uh, the, the take back down takes probably another 20, 30 minutes, you know? Yeah. Um, and I have all the expansions, so you're talking about, you know, seven foot of board. Just the board alone is seven feet long at that point. You know, I had to build a specialty table, which is out in the garage for it. Like, it's ridiculous, man. I would love to be a part of that game. Have you never played it? I've played Arkham Horror once or twice but not with all the expansions not with all the expansions yeah and yeah it was a blast yeah it's a really good game they just re-released it um and it's technically the third edition they're calling it second but um the one i have is technically the second edition because it was purchased from another company um but they re-released it and they fucking changed everything it's basically a new game completely it's not even basically the same game um you know they changed all the mechanics they changed um, how the board looks now it's like modular where you have little tiles and you have connectors to the tiles yeah. and all this other stuff where the other one is a you know board you know yep. so it's it's kind of crazy um calling it a you know second edition because like mm, uh, that's a new game buddy you know same mythos i'll give you that you know but it's like calling batman begins and uh you know batman versus superman the same game it's like yeah, they're both Batman. <laughs> I'll give you that. It's about all I can give you. What do you think of Robert Pattinson being named Batman? I didn't even hear that. No? Is that, is that real? Yeah. I. Ooh, <laughs> he's shocked. <laughs> Here's the thing, though. You know, I was thinking about it, and I'm kind of back and forth on it, right? It's the same thing that I thought whenever Affleck got named Batman, right? I was like, great Bruce Wayne. 
terrible fucking Batman. That's the immediate thought I had with him. And I'm, I really think it's the same thing for Robert Pattinson. Probably a really good young Batman. Like, um, I don't know what the exact you know, storyline they're running is going to be, but they, they've uh, picked up Catwoman, um, which is uh, Lenny Kravitz's daughter, Zoe Kravitz. Okay. Um, so she'll be Catwoman for sure. Um, but other than that, like, they picked up, you know, a really kind of strange casting setup for Robert Pattinson. Um, and it it's, I think he'll be a good Bruce Wayne. I don't see him as a good actual Batman, you know? Yeah, that's a tough call. Um, there's not a lot Crying of... Crying children. There's not a lot of stories that have a character like that that hmm. is that has a duality and yeah. you need to find somebody that can play the duality. Yeah, and I think, you know, I don't think Christian Bale was the greatest Batman. You know, he was a great Bruce Wayne. Yeah. Um, but he had this weird lisp as a, uh, you know, Batman when he yeah. was talking. It was always just, I don't know, it was just weird. Um, but I've been watching little bits and pieces of um, like The Dark Knight Rises and, you know, all that kind of stuff. Um, just little clips here and there because, you know, Bane, Tom Hardy's Bane is ridiculous. It's so good. Yeah. You know, and then Heath Ledger's Joker is fucking crazy good. You know, and I just, I keep going back to it and watching these little clips. I was telling Vanessa just a couple days ago after watching one of them, I was like, man, you know, Heath Ledger definitely, I think he got the Oscar uh, posthumously or whatever it's called uh, after he died. Posthumous? Yeah, that one. Um, I'm pretty sure he did get it, but it was abs. It made sense. Like he definitely deserved it because if you watch those scenes now and go back and watch and listen to them, it's just so good, man. Man, angry children. The wife is down here with them. I don't know what's going on. They're probably pissed off because they can't do something. Story of these podcasts, man. Every time, every time. So I don't know. So you didn't hear about that then, huh? I did not, and. Every time they do a new superhero movie, I, I stop and think, do we need another Batman? So like here's how the many thing. Batman's I, I agree with you. I a hundred percent agree with you. But I do think um what what they're missing, like I think once Christopher Nolan got a hold of it and did what he did, um, I think anybody else taking the reins has to surpass that and they're all trying to like jump the shark rather than actually do it well. You know, because his was dark and simple at the same time as very, very well written and shot. Um, and, like, one of my, my favorite pieces, I think, is um, whenever the end of The Dark Knight Rises, I think it is, is whenever uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt is, you know, the, the mm-hmm. cop, and he gets into the Batcave, and, you know, that entire thing goes down. Yeah, That's where I think we should pick up the Batman story. You know, not necessarily saying he's going to be Darkwing or he's going to be Robin or he's going to be this. That's where that franchise needs to go. I agree. I thought that when that trilogy ended, I was like, yeah. this, is, this is the next step. It's the That's next where it needs to go. Step. Yeah. You know, because we've heard the Batman dynamic so many times over and we've ruined it multiple times over. Yeah. You know, they need to stop focusing on the, the kitty aspects of it and really start pushing into the dark nitty gritty. It's a dark story. Yeah, it really is, man. It's sure it was it's a comic book, so you think it's sometimes can be a kiss and no, it's never been a yeah. story. Right. No, it really hasn't. You know, but I think what makes it so um you know, people draw to it so much, the reason that they do so many iterations, um, because it's so relatable at the baseline of it. You know, like, he is a tortured person, Batman is. You know, the actual Bruce Wayne slash Batman. He is not, like, a happy-go-lucky guy, you know. Usually the superheroes are all about truth and justice, and, like, the real Batman, um, if you read the comics and everything else, he is, he's dark and dirty, man. You know, he's not, he's not a murderer, but he's not afraid to chase after the bad guys and beat them into submission and, and do whatever he needs to do to, to accomplish those means. And that's that's one of those things that a lot of people can go like, yeah, I get that. That makes sense to me, you know? Like, he's not a perfect dude, you know? I think that's probably me. Yep, that was me. Some kind of Twitter notification. 
Trump said his Doral Golf Resort will no longer host next year's G7 Summit. No fucking shit. Yeah, yeah, that's called emoluments, man. Like, Jesus Christ. You know, I don't want to go too political, but what's your take on the next election here, bro? Because, damn, this shit's crazy. I have actually been... I've avoided it. I have not watched politics in sure. a couple months. Okay. So, <clears throat> I honestly, I don't know. I knew that it was like these first four years was going to be a circus. <laughs> I think I that's mean, an understatement. <laughs> I, think, I think everybody, I think even the people that voted for Trump knew that it was going to be a circus. Yes and no. Um, the problem I have with that specific statement is a lot of them, um, they're just fanatical. Yeah. And they don't see it as a circus. You know, they see it as like perfection, if you want to go that route. I mean, they just, they don't see any issues in anything at all. Right. Like, yeah. this, is, this is the, this is the, the answer. Ideal. Yeah. You know, like, and it's not that it's a circus, but like, you know, it's it's what should be happening. And you're like, no, no, it's not. You know, here's here's the only thing that I run into, you know, um, watching the, not just current, just the entire thing go down, right? Let's assume he gets impeached, right? Which isn't for sure because Mitch McConnell leads the uh, Senate, in which case, um, you know, they have to, sit down and have a trial with him. And if Mitch McConnell decides he doesn't want to, then it doesn't happen. Um, complete, complete uh, corruption on that guy, man. Um, but let's assume he does get, you know, tagged or whatever. The Republicans literally have nobody running against him. They have two guys. This is not a joke. They have two guys that are on the ballot. They couldn't get national coverage. They weren't on any national media, like legitimately. And um, they had a debate in New York. The, the two guys didn't hold it, but one of the, somebody held it. Um, no channels picked it up. No, C-SPAN didn't pick it up. It was only put on Facebook Live and 900 people watched. That's the biggest thing that's like, holy shit right now. Every egg is in this Trump basket. And if he yeah. gets impeached. Well, he's... He's the incumbent. Sure. Has there ever been an incumbent that the party didn't just automatically was their go-to? There's always been somebody running against him, though. There's always been another name on the ballot. You know, and there's this is the first time I'm aware of that there's been no other names on the ballot in the current age. You know, like, that's the part that's crazy to me. So it's one of those things like, you know, when you're when you're assuming... Your vehicle is going to make it. Your vehicle is going to make it. Your vehicle is going to make it. But you never have any backup plans. You never have any plans to fix it. Um, and then one day it dies, and your life just goes to shit. You know that's kind of what's happening right now, as I see it. Is that there's no backup plans coming into play. You know, like if I was, you know, in the Republican Party, and I was um, a guy who had any say in fucking anything. I would be the guy with like the hand raised going like, we need a backup plan guys. Like if he gets, you know, kicked out and we've blocked everybody from running or nobody wants to run against him, we lose, right? There's not enough anything in this country to get word out this quickly, you know? Cause I mean, we're what a year out or so from, from actually voting everything in. Cause it happens what September or October of, uh, you know, 2020. So, I mean, we're a year out right now. Yep. You know, and I don't think he's going to get impeached, to be honest with you. But not to have a backup plan is kind of insane to me. Yeah, I don't... <clears throat> I, I, I've never understood the... the thought processes of the actual party leaderships on both sides. Oh, for sure. And that, that to me is just party leadership. Like you said, mm -hmm. not, all the eggs are on one basket, no other plan. 
Yeah, at all. Um, same thing happened with the Democratic Party leadership. Oh, and they, in the last election. Oh, yeah, that was bad. They they backed the wrong horse. I want to say backed the wrong horse. They, they made an unfair contest. Yeah. You know, I think that's the the realistic situation is that they fucked Bernie. Yeah. You know, and it's hilarious to me that everything Bernie ran on, the entire party is running on this year. Yeah. It's like, good fucking job, guys. Like, really? Yeah. No, they, they, um, they wanted to consolidate power mm-hmm. in the candidate that had historically had the most power. Yeah, um, Bernie was seen as a dark horse. He had, I think it's because he wanted to upset the status quo. I think that's the problem. Is he wanted to fuck shit up, but, and he he was openly like, you know, <laughs> let's fuck this shit up. But in a way, so did Trump. Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, Trump is not a politician. Yeah. And people were so, so upset with the way politicians have been running things that even the swing states mm-hmm. ditched right. the Democratic Party yeah. and swung back over to the Republican Party mm-hmm. and chose someone who's not a politician at all. For sure. Well, and that's not just there. Like, that's kind of the new trend. Like, everybody pisses and moans about um, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it's hilarious. You know, you have this um, young girl, and I say young. She's younger than me. I mean, she's younger than you. She's young. Um, who was a bartender a year before becoming into office, um, who ran against an established, you know, actual, you know, um, I think he was a Republican, but he an established politician. Um, and she defeated him with no government experience, right? And everybody's like, oh, you know, she's da 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 da. And a lot of people, you know, dislike her, which, um, none of, I don't really care either way, to be honest with you. I think that she is young, but I think that she is making the fights that need to be fought, whether or not she's making the right decisions on those, sure. Um, but the fact is, is that she's an unknown person without any political experience stepping in to defeat, you know, a career politician. It's insane. I think that should be the new trend. I do too. You know? Um, I, you know, there's, I think she's fighting, like you said, the fights that are, are important to a lot of the younger voters, for sure. Yeah, people that actually um, have to live it, yeah. And I hope... You know, I hope that she turns into a good leader. Um, I, I genuinely do. But she just, like you said, uh, and and I'm fine with that. I'm fine with people getting rid of the idea that we're going to vote for this person because they've got 20 years experience in politics. Right. I'm fine with that. Yeah. Absolutely. It doesn't mean you have the best idea. At that point, it means you're embedded. Yeah. And you're only making party choices. And party choices aren't what's best for America. No, They're what's best for the party. Yeah. You know, and that's that's always the situation, I think, when it comes down to politics. And it's so funny to me um, that we even call it politics. Like... Um, I don't know if you ever looked back on uh, ethics and politics, the actual books themselves, um, which coined the term, you know, politics. Um, so ethics, you know, um, is basically the question of, um, you know, how do you decide what's right for a person, right? It's basically building morals and it's building, um, you know, is it ethical for, you know, somebody to have sex with a child? No. You know that kind of thing. It's it's what is make what makes somebody happy, without being a terrible situation, right? And then politics is the exact same question for a mass of people rather than one. You know, and I really think that we've gotten away from focusing on the mass of people and really focusing on these super small groups of individuals. You know, like. If I was to go out and try to say, okay, 
you know, hey, we've got, you know, blah, 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 all these different things going on. And I think we should do this because it'll benefit in the city of 2 million people. It'll benefit 30 people versus it'll hurt 500 people. Which one's the right answer? Probably not benefit 30 to hurt 500. Right. You know, and that's like, that. that's the entire thing. And I think um, the only way to get to that is you have to get outsiders in. You know, people that aren't a part of that status quo. And you have to upset and you have to rock the boat. Um, but not at the cost of sinking the democracy. You know, and that's the tricky part right now is that I think if we continue on the tr- course we're on, I wouldn't be surprised if there's a political revolution of some sort in the next 50 years. You're like, damn, I don't know where we're going to go that deep. I don't... And, and we started this conversation off by saying, I don't want to be too political. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> true story. Um, but that always happens. Uh, I mean, we can shift I, gears. It's fine. No, no, no. It was just, it was just funny. Um, I lost my thought train. Sure. It's got a gopher in it is why. So let's talk about, uh, let's move on, man. Um, how's your hedgehog doing? By the way, how many, let's start with this, actually. How many animals total live in your household right now because you have the hedgehog you have a whole lot of fish you have the cat no no cat okay just uh, i have two aquariums and the hedgehog right now okay did you have a cat at one time i was fostering a cat oh that's right that's right okay i was sitting here trying to remember i was like i'm pretty sure there's a cat in this house. i haven't had my own cat in probably four years oh okay so let's talk uh how, how many fish do you have then first um in the large tank there's only three Okay. But they're large fish. Sure. And in the small tank, I've got probably seven. Okay. I've lost a few. I've pared down. I, at one point, I actually had four tanks. and Yeah, I remember you said that, which is nuts. Now I'm down to two, thankfully. Yeah. <clears throat> Shit. So, hedgehog. Um, weird, weird pet. You know, not, not to say it's, like, terribly weird, but I have never heard of anybody having a hedgehog for a pet. To be honest with you, yeah, it's mm, probably not common. <clears throat> um, but I would venture to say uncommon, even. I uh, <laughs> uh, introduced myself earlier as an X-ray tech. I previously was a wildlife biologist, which so, is a strange transition in itself. Yeah. Yes, it is. Um, so I I just have a fascination with mammals. Um. And this is just a particular mammal that's uh, easy to care for. Um, I don't uh, didn't didn't want a rat or a sure. gerbil or you know a, a guinea pig or anything. She like got that. a kangaroo, man. Uh, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> he's like or, yeah, no. Um, and I, I live not a not a mammal per se, but I, I live in an upstairs apartment, so I can't have <laughs> I can't have a dog, which I want. Yeah. Um, Have you thought about trying to move locations in the same place, or? Um, no, there's still no yard. Oh yeah, true. Um, and no, my my apartment is beautiful. I love the layout. Mm-hmm. I don't want to move. Oh, uh, I understand t- t- Until I buy a house, so I just uh, that space that I have is just perfect for me. So sure. So. I remember you telling me that you went to go get it. You drove like three hours in the middle of the night to go pick this thing up. It was a ridiculous story. Yeah, yeah. So like, go ahead and re- recount it. Because like, I'm trying to remember, like, it wasn't just that you went in the middle of the night. Like, there was some other pieces to it oh, that were it just was... like, WTF, dude. Yeah. Like, it's like a back alley drug deal for an animal. It was. So, uh... Um... Me and um, uh, Kelsey. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of her friends, and, and a little old acquaintance of hers that uh, she had worked with years before, she, ha- she has the, the acquaintance, has a hedgehog. Okay. Um, and so knew a breeder down in Little Rock. And we had heard word eventually that the breeder was going to have like a new litter for sale. Right. And so this person uh, insinuated herself as, uh, as a middleman 
and was basically just trying to scam us for money. Had no intention whatsoever of delivering. Of delivering. That's fucked up. It was. Um, and so uh, I I could go into a lot more detail, but so let's go into the detail that really matters. So. Um, the, the meet was arranged for you guys to go, um, figure it out, right? When we finally like confronted this person, um, to like, like, Hey, you're not on, you're not delivering on your promises. Right. You constantly promising and then, and then literally disappearing and not. Did you pay them straight out, or I paid half down? Okay, and then so they're trying to skip out with half half on delivery. Yeah. So what what is the cost of a hedgehog? Out of curiosity, because I don't think I know this answer. I don't honestly remember. (laughs) Right? Um, Must not have been crazy amount. No, it wasn't. It wasn't too crazy. Under five hundred, probably. Oh yeah, definitely. Okay, so let's call it a hundred bucks down. Yeah, let's just call it that. It was close. Close to that. Okay. It wasn't too crazy. Um, so yeah, let's so hundred bucks down and then disappears. Right. For a week, you know, I'm texting, there's no answer. Oh, Finally get an answer. And every time I get an answer, it's like, Oh ha ha, things went crazy, been too busy, haven't had a chance to go to Little Rock to pick up the animal. And then it's like Okay, just keep me posted. Right, let me know what's going just on. Com- just communicate. Yeah. There was no communication. The next time, it was like, went to Little Rock and finally made it back. And they gave me the wrong one because I wanted the male. Okay. She said right. she brought back a female. And I'm sure. like, okay. Mm, Lies. H- how, how do you make that mistake? Sure. Um, it, w- it was constantly stuff like that. Okay, so how long how long did that go on? Probably three weeks. Oh shit! Yeah, enough to get you frustrated. For oh, sure. absolutely. Yeah, and it got to the point where it's like it's like no, your first step should have been this is the contact information of the breeder. Yeah, that's your first step. Absolutely. And she's she was constantly saying though, like I'm I'm always trying to be open and communicate. I was like no no no. Everything you do is to be, is to obfuscate everything Absolutely. that you're yeah, doing. Yeah, yeah. They're trying to so walk I, out. And of so that I cash. finally, finally call her on it, and got the name of the breeder. Text this guy. It was like Friday, at about eight o'clock at night. Uh, sent him a text. It was like, "Hey, this is me. I, I'm interested in. I've been trying to get in this, the mail. I've yeah. been trying to." get a hold of you for three weeks and fine mm-hmm. and he was like wow it's a, it's a good thing that you contacted me because i was going to go sell it in the morning at the farmer's market oh shit and it was like so if you can be here meet me at the farmer's market and it's yours yeah so i it was at you know two out two a couple hours later yeah um get in a car it was probably midnight uh, or one o'clock in the morning. At that I was going to say because yeah, it drove down to Little Rock, uh, crashed on a buddy's couch. Um, at four o'clock in the morning, then got up at seven and went to the went to the farmers market and right immediately. Like, hey, him. buddy, yeah. yeah. And it was like, and then we we spent the entire time uh, commiserating on how horrible person this. <laughs> Hopefully you broke ties with her. Yeah, yeah. He was like, I've I've had issues with her before. I don't know what she's doing. Yeah, and I can like, imagine. It's like, don't ever go through her for business again. She's of any literally kind. trying to scam people at this point. Jesus Christ. Yeah, it's nuts. So, heard that. That's so. How do you care for a hedgehog? What does it eat? It eats. Uh, if you get like the the cat food that's really high in protein. Um, so are they uh, carnivores normally, or I don't, like I literally know nothing yeah. about a hedgehog other than the fact that they made a cartoon about one They're or a video game. In- insectivores. Okay, interesting. So 
um, higher higher protein diet. Right. Um, so if if you get like, uh, don't go get the cheap cat food off the shelf. Go get like, yeah, you, good ones. Go get the really good cat food. Wet food or dry food? Uh, dry soft. The soft cat. Gotcha. Not, not the wet food. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. The dry food, but not the super crunchy kind. And just make sure it's got really high in protein. Okay. And then, um, you know, obviously, like, I'm trying to picture in my head um, the size of a hedgehog. They're basically, like, softball size, right? Give, take? Yeah. Somewhere in that close, range? Yeah. Um, so, like, what do you do with it? Other than just, like, it's in a cage. Uh, yeah. So, it's it's hard to for, the, for them to be social because they're really nocturnal animals. Okay. Um, mine, like, won't even come out on his own if the lights are on. Oh, really? Yeah. So you got to kill the lights. and you got to kill the lights. And there, there'll be some days where I'm just chilling out, watching videos, and I've got all the lights on in the house, and it'll be like, you know, midnight, and I'm like, mm-hmm. why isn't he out running around? It's like, oh, I've literally got all the lights on. Mm. And I'll walk through the house, I'll turn the lights off, and like literally five minutes later, he will be st- Stomping around, pissed off at me, <laughs> like just making the ridiculous amount Racket. of noise, just just making it a point that he was mad at me. Yeah, that's hilarious for leaving the lights on. Right, heard that. Normally, you don't hear him at all, except when he's mad at you like that. So, so uh, red lights are they sensitive red light, or how do you uh, how do you actually end up seeing him? Um, no, when you you get a you, you got to play with them just to make them social. So sure. um, you can you can go and get them out. Right. Play with them just like any critter. Yeah. You know? Worry uh, about getting them lost in the house somewhere? Um he once got lost. <laughs> oh yeah. I uh I I like to put him put him down in an area and just kind of like Fortify it a little just bit. Fortify it because because it's light out, so he's he's gonna want to hide underneath a rag or a towel or something. Sure. He almost always does, but one day he didn't, and he got off the couch, and uh, it took me probably forty five minutes to find him. Where did he end up being? Uh, he wasn't too far. He was underneath the um, underneath a pile of books that I had over by the front door. He, so he didn't really go too far. All right. But at the same time, it's like he he, it's, he hid. It's enough panic. Yeah, where like shit. Like, where is this? And I've got all the rooms in the apartment open. Yeah, all the doors open. So I'm like looking under the bed. I'm like looking <laughs> in worst the worst case scenario for everything. Like I'm looking everywhere but where he's hiding. You know? Yeah. It's like, well, great. Yeah, that's how that works usually. Well, sweet dude. Um, well, that's the end of the first hour. I usually do an hour and then, uh, you know, have to refill the beers and things. So uh, we'll go ahead and wrap. Um, appreciate you coming out here, and we'll do a second part if you're down. Sure, absolutely. All right, buddy. Well, uh, guys, we'll see you back soon. <laughs>